Hello, and welcome to Dream Leapers Inspiration. I'm your host, Harriet Cole. So honored to be with you today. Wow, today is a special day for me because it's the day after my birthday. So for anybody who's watching live, I want you to know that we were up and joyful and having an incredible experience yesterday. In fact, all week long, because I believe the celebration should last for a long time. And I, I know that it is important to mark how many turns around the sun. Maybe not how many, but the fact that you have a turn around the sun. And it takes a year for you to go around the sun and come back to the point or come to the new point you know, on your journey. So for me, it's been significant because literally in 2020, the world changed right around my birthday. Hey, everybody. Welcome, 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 welcome. I'm just talking about the fact that for anybody watching live, today is the day after my birthday, and I had an amazing birthday. And I'm just remembering last year in 2020, on my birthday, March 14th, there was an incredible plan. My wonderful um, protege, Elaine Welteroth, and I were supposed to be in conversation at the Apollo Women of the World Conference. We expected a full house. I think they hold 1,500 people. And we were going to be in conversation on my birthday, which was going to be this incredible gift. And everything got shut down. Do you all remember that? The whole world got shut down uh, the day before. The Because of COVID, protocols went in place to say, go home, stay home, quarantine. This is how we can prayerfully survive and hopefully thrive. And as we know, many have not thrived. Many have perished. More than 500,000 people have lost their lives. Many more have been uh, struck by the illness, by loss of businesses, of work, all the different things that have occurred. But at that pivot point, for me, it was a lost opportunity to bring some sunshine and joy through conversation with um, Derry Lane. This has been an incredible year. You know, I often talk about how do we make our lives count and what are we doing to ensure that each and every day we consciously make a decision that can further our own greatness and others. And I believe that to my core. That's why Dream Leapers exists and why this particular broadcast exists to inspire us. And I started this a couple weeks after we were at home and realizing we were disconnected from each other physically, but that I wanted to create a connection where people who choose to be inspired could come together. And in the early days, I did one Monday through Friday for weeks and weeks. And then we moved to twice a week and now once a week. 
And now it's available as a podcast. You know, things evolve over time. I got a call on Saturday. Uh, and I'm not going to recommend this. I don't even know how my phone number is listed publicly. But anyhow, I was sitting in the nail salon getting ready for my soiree that I had yesterday. And my phone rang and I answered it. And a lovely voice came on the phone. And it was a woman whom I do not know who has been listening to these Dreamly Presents Inspiration broadcasts. And she found my number and said that there was a broadcast that we did recently that really touched her heart. And she has been listening to it. She said she listened to the broadcast at least four times recently, because it just was from a week or so ago. And I was so moved that this work that we're doing together right here would touch someone that I don't know in a way that has helped her to be uplifted and to seek her greatness in yet another way. And so I thank you to the young lady who called me and we are going to reconnect um, through my assistant and, and I guess I should share, because that did just happen, you know, before COVID, I was doing many workshops in Harlem in affiliation with the JCC in Harlem. And we did workshops and, and meditation seminars and all kinds of activities since 2016, in-person activities where people can come together and be inspired and where I do a lot of coaching work with people to help folks to tap into their greatness. I have not, for the most part, taken it online. Well, that's changing. We're going to be doing some workshops very soon. And I'll let you know so that you can, those who want to participate can sign up. We're going to use this virtual space as a next step to ensure that we do some of this work together. But why I'm mentioning her, the young woman who called me, and my birthday, because I'm very reflective at this point, is something I've talked about on this broadcast before in one way or another. So over time, there are going to be many iterations of Dream Leapers Inspiration called Keep Good Company, because it's something that my mother, my father, and I believe my grandmother would say in different ways to us all the time that it matters who you surround yourself with. It matters who the company is that you keep. Who are you listening to? Who are you talking to? Who is in your ear? Who do you go to when you need some TLC? Who do you go to when you need to be reprimanded and set back on course. Who, is, who, who are those people? And are you conscious and intentional about appointing those people roles in your life? And I wanna tell you that many of us are not. Many people are not. Many people find themselves in situations, well, this is probably all of us, where we work, where we live, where we worship, there are people. And among that collection of people, we make choices as to who, with whom we will bond. 
sometimes, and dare I say often, those choices are choices of convenience. The people that sit next to us at a desk become our good friends, sometimes become our spouses, our partners. The people we serve on the choir with or who we, wherever we work, wherever we go to the playground, whatever, whatever your life is, the people who come into your orbit and whom you notice often end up being invited into the inner circle. And I wanna ask you, as you look at the collection of people who are part of your inner circle, who are part of your orbit, the people you value, I'm gonna ask you a tough question. Should they be there? Should they be there? Are they deserving of being in your inner circle? It's an excellent question, kind of a hard question for some people to answer because sometimes we bring folks in and we let them all the way into our heart before they have proven that they deserve to be there. And I have made the mistake, and some of you who know me and listen to these broadcasts over time know, because I've, I've told stories about this before, I've made the mistake of blaming someone I, I invited unconsciously into my inner circle, blaming them for hurting my feelings or just not treating me right. And guess what? That's my fault. You can't get into my inner circle unless I let you in, right? Not possible. But sometimes we just leave the door wide open. Come on in, come on in. Have you done that? See, when I was growing up, my parents were so strict. And my father, Judge Cole, who was born on, um, on January 1st, we would have parties at our house in Baltimore for New Year's Eve. And whenever we had parties, there was a guest list. And the only people who were invited to come in were people on the list. Now, even if daddy knew you, that didn't mean you got in if you weren't on the list. So you don't show up unless you're invited. And he was very conscious and intentional about making that list. And because they often had parties, it didn't mean he was excluding people that he didn't like, but he curated the party. And this particular event was to have these people and another was to have other folk. And I remember talking to him about this. because I was like, daddy, what if somebody comes who's part of our world and they weren't invited? He says, they don't get to come in. He was so clear, he was crystal clear about creating boundaries about who gets welcomed in and who doesn't and for what purposes and at what depth. I thought he was very strict because he was, but because he was strict, he did not make the mistake that many people make of just leaving the doors open, come on in, the more the merrier. And it didn't mean that it wasn't a big party. And, you know, I'm using party as a metaphor. I just had a big party yesterday where a lot of people came. But I didn't just hold the door open and say, everybody who wants to come can come. It was carefully curated. Carefully curated because I consciously wanted a certain group of people to be there. How do you curate your life? 
Think about it. Who do you allow into your life? And how deeply into your life do you allow them to come? This is such an important fundamental question that I think many of us do not ask ourselves. And then we end up making bad decisions that hurt us and others. And we end up usually blaming it on others. So a story that I've told before, but I want to share now, I became close by convenience with someone I very much like. So I, I, I like her very much. I still like her very much. But this woman is kind of gruff. Her, her tone is sharp and gruff and just sharp. But because we were in each other's orbit a lot for a particular period of time, this is many years ago, I let my guard down as we do and started sharing with her some of my challenges and vulnerabilities. And I remember a particular day when I was feeling pretty low and I contacted her and I opened up about what was bothering me. And she lit into me like nobody's business. What is wrong with you? Why are you thinking like that? She was extremely sharp. And I was extremely vulnerable. So in this particular moment, she was the worst person for me to talk to. Because it felt like I was being stabbed in the heart. Well, I got mad at her. I, I didn't say anything to her in that moment because I was so hurt. But I got mad at her and I blamed her for not treating me right. And I need you to know that it was not her fault. It took me a minute to figure it out. That was my fault. I'm the one who let her into all the way into the deepest crevices of my heart with what I was dealing with. And I shouldn't have done that. She had not proven that she knew how to tend to my heart. That didn't have to be her job but I was giving her the job to be tender with me, to hear what I was going through, to be able to give me her perspective in a way that I could hear it in that moment. She didn't sign up for that. She signed up to be herself, just like I'm myself. And my friend Lejeune often says, I'll ask her how people are, how folks are doing. She's herself, he's himself. Okay, this woman was being herself, but herself was not what I needed in that tender moment. And it, it was extremely hurtful for me. And it made me realize this is my fault. It took a while. I say, when you start pointing your finger at, out there, it's somebody else's fault, wrestle that finger around, point it at yourself and ask yourself, what is my role in this moment? How did I get here? And what did I do to make this setup happen? And what I did in that situation was to get comfortable talking to someone whom I like very much, but who doesn't know how to tend to my heart. You know, I talked to a woman who worked with me years ago who was single, and I want to say she was late 30s, early 40s. And she was bemoaning the fact that she hadn't met anyone yet. 
And she told me she was blaming her father for this. My father was too strict. He told me that I should not go out on date number one with somebody if I can't look at that person and imagine that I could marry him. Date one, daddy said, don't go. She said, but if you're going to go on date one, just know that by date three, there's a very good chance that you're in it for the long term because that's how people are. He said, this is human nature that if you really have dates where you connect, and he was not talking about sex, by the way, but where you connect, you know, heart to heart, mind to mind, soul to soul. By date three, even if the person doesn't seem like the right person, you've grown a bond. It's like you planted a seed and put some water on it. And this daddy said, sometimes it's hard to extricate yourself from that because the seed is growing. So he said, don't even put yourself in that position to go on the date unless you feel like there's something there. So she followed his rules and she hadn't found anybody and she felt that she hadn't found anybody because her daddy was so strict. The jury's out on that one. But what I heard from her daddy, while it was strict, it made sense to me. We do plant seeds fast with each other. And what we have seen during COVID, because we are so distanced from each other, like human beings need a hug. Human beings need to touch each other, to, to hold each other's face, to hold each other's hand to be able to laugh and cry in each other's company, to be connected. And we do this to the best of our ability, but it's not the same thing as this. And when you feel lonely, sometimes you connect, you cling, you, you water that bond, and sometimes you get entangled before you should or you get more deeply entangled than you should. So I am not saying to you, don't get close to anybody, not at all. I'm saying, have your eyes wide open, pay attention, listen, listen to your heart. What does your heart tell you about whoever it is that's in your world? Who's in your orbit? What is the company that you keep? And does everybody deserve a seat at the table? What do you think? And if people don't, you don't need to annihilate them. You just figure out how close should they be? What do they deserve? What do you deserve? And then make adjustments accordingly. COVID has given us the space to do that, to reassess our world, who's in our world, who deserves to be in our world and make adjustments accordingly. Keep good company. I'm going to say that comes from Doris Cole, my mama. I really think she's the one who said it, who says it. She's 91 years old and still providing us with inspiration. My father showed it, demonstrated it. And my grandmother, Carrie, my mother's mother, my daughter's name for Carrie, my grandmother lived to be 101 years old. She was a domestic worker. She worked till she was 93 years old. 
And there's so many moments that I could share with you about how generous Carrie Freeland, her last name was Freeland, how Carrie Freeland treated people with a level of generosity that was bigger than her four foot nine physical body. And the story I want to share with you that shows the, the fruit of keeping good company. In, we called her little grandma because she was so tiny. In her latter years, when she was 93, she stopped working. We forced her to stop working. She came to live at my family home with my mother and father. I was long in New York at this point. Uh, and when she couldn't go to church anymore, once a month, the minister would come and have communion with her and have fellowship with her. And this happened over several years. So there were different ministers who would come and it was a beautiful thing. My grandmother meditated before I even knew what meditation was. She would sit in her room in her rocker, sit back and forth. And in that period, if we came in, she wasn't talking to us. Her eyes were closed, she was rocking, she was meditating. And then after she would talk to us again. So when my grandmother passed away at 101, at her funeral, I think it was seven ministers, if I have it right. She died a long time ago, so I would have to ask to clarify. But I think there were seven ministers who spoke at her funeral. And each one said, when they came to fellowship with Carrie Freeland, and they stepped over the threshold of her doorway to her room to come into her room. They felt like they were entering the presence of God. True story. They came to offer her love and solace because, you know, she was an elder for real. And uh, she was frail in just in her last year. Well, that's not true. She was frail at 93 because she was still getting up on footstools, cleaning somebody's kitchen, washing the floor, cleaning them when their, their bodies when they were bedridden at 93. So she had worn her body down, but then she, we helped her to get strong again. So that last year she was frail from 100 to 101. And the ministers were coming to offer her their love and support and God's grace because they thought at first, oh, she's frail. And every one of them said they felt like God was talking through her to them as they had fellowship together. I know she was my grandmother. I experienced this with her every day. Time I was with her, I grew up. She was in her 80s playing jacks on the floor with me, cross-legged. She was a phenomenal woman and she illustrated through her actions what it meant to keep good company. She was so in alignment with the spirit of God inside of her being that it emanated from her all the time. 
we all have that inside of us. That is what I've been taught, that God dwells within you as you. I learned that from the meditation master named Baba Muktananda. God dwells within you as you. If you believe that, that God is, God just lives inside of your being. And if you allow that pulsation of God in you to connect to the pulsation of God in others, what happens? Then you are keeping excellent company because you are having a God-to-God connection, heart-to-heart. All the other stuff goes away. And you're in this spiritual place where it's just God because that pure aspect of you is in communion with the pure aspect of the one you're with. I want to tell you, whenever that happens, it's like you melt. Whatever construct you think defines you and puts boundaries around you melts. And then you're just there in this space of grace and peace and love and eternity. And in that space, that's where creativity resides. And all kinds of amazing things can happen. I know it because it's happened for me again and again and again. I know it because just yesterday at this virtual gathering that we had for my sweet 60, when I decided that I was going to fully embrace the fact that I've stepped into the space of elder and the love that I experienced that was showered on me and all of those gathered was really just, it, we were in that space. We were in that God to God space, all of us. And it was really powerful. All of us could be vulnerable together because there was trust. My world has people from every, every corner of different spaces. And we often only come together when it's a party. I think I learned that from my daddy making those New Year's Eve parties. And this moment was so powerful for me and I think for others because we were able to join together across the great divide. There were people there from three different continents and all over the United States who came to share love. And it, it was, to me, it was like the, this virtual space was throbbing with love and, and pure love, the best company was gathered. And even for those who weren't physically present, that love kind of throbbed outward, which is why I'm sharing it with you now, because love doesn't have to be contained. Love can, should be shared. It can be shared. It should be shared. Keep good company. When you do it, the right people are in your life. The right people can be there to help you tend to your soul in those vulnerable moments, which we all have. We can 
feel safe, that we're safe enough to take the mask off, to allow ourselves to be seen. If we need to be buoyed up and we've chosen well, we're in the right company of people who will love us and tell us the truth in ways that we can hear. I know this to be true because I've witnessed it in my own life countless times and I've witnessed it in the lives of many people that I know and who've touched me or who I've touched in one way or another over time. In order to get that house in order, that friend house, the good company house, you have to make an assessment Who's there? Who represents your collection of folk, your company? Go through the list. Look at each of them. Who's there? The people who are there, do they belong there? And do they belong in the place where they are? So some people are on outer circle because they're new in your life, or maybe they've been there for a long time, and you know you don't want them too close. You like them, but they don't get to be too close. Th that could be people who talk too much, who don't listen. The ones who don't listen is difficult for me, who never listen to you, who just want to hear themselves talk. They get to be out here for me. The ones who get to be really close in for me, are the ones who tell me the truth the way that I can hear it and receive it. A lot of people tell you the truth. A lot of people don't tell you the truth. So the ones who don't tell you the truth, I have no time for them. But some people tell you the truth and it's just too hard because it's like they're hammering at home or however you receive it. I'm sensitive, so I need it in a particular way. Some people don't need it the way I do, by the way. Some people want it straight, no chaser. Um, and if they get it with too much sugar on it, it makes them sick. So no, you have to figure out how you want to receive information and then who's in that circle and who you allow all the way in. So you figure out who gets to be here, who gets to be here, who gets to be here. The only ones who get to tend to your heart are the ones who have proven that they can, who have demonstrated to you that they can hold your heart in, in a way that works for you. And if you've allowed somebody in who doesn't belong there, you don't have to kick them out and say, I'm done with you. You just can regulate the frequency with which you talk to each other. You can choose not to talk about things that are just not allowed for that dynamic. You can change the subject when they start talking about things that are off limits. You can say, mm -mm, I don't want to talk about that with you anymore. You can say, if our interaction continues in this way, I'm going to have to step back because this relationship is not healthy for me anymore. You can say that. What you don't want to say is, I can't stand you. You get on my nerves. I've put up with you for all these years. And then you go through your laundry list of hurts 
that is unkind and unnecessary. Own your role in the relationship. You don't have to explain it all to the person. You can just decide. This is how, this is how far you get in from now on. So here's the assignment. Because you know I believe in homework. It's the homework for our life. This homework for your life. Make your list. Who is part of your company? Who are the people who you talk to regularly, who you communicate with regularly, who have your ear? Who are the people you believe have your heart? Write their names down. Who are they? Write down everybody you could think of. And I say that because, again, I just had this party and there were people I haven't talked to in years whom I love and they were present. And we just picked right back up where we were. And then there are other people who you haven't talked to for a long time and, that, and they might be like, where have you been? Why haven't you called me? They, they aren't on my list anymore. <laughs> I don't have to have them on the list. Norma Kamali, the fashion designer, told me that she's 75 now, which is amazing. And she told me that she decided long ago that, that the gift of age, the gift of wisdom is I don't have to even think about what other folks think or feel as it relates to what I do. And she's one of the kindest people on the planet. So it's not being rude. It's just, I get to do what I want. I get to be my full self. And if other folks don't like it, it's okay. Of course that's true. But we often feel the burden of having to live up to whatever expectations folks have of us. What are our expectations of ourselves? But anyway, I digress. Who's on your list? Who's part of your company? Make an exhaustive list and then assess the list. As you assess your list, what I want you to do is put a check next to the people who you feel close to. Who do you feel close to? Put an X next to the people you really don't feel close to. Then examine that. And then go back and put a second check next to the people who you trust to tend to your heart. And I want you to know that should be a short list. Who are the people you trust to tend to your heart? My mother used to tell us that you're lucky if you have true friends equaling one hand. Five people, you're lucky. And my mother has friends from her oldest friend, longest relationship friend, since she was four. They are 91. My mother has more than five very close friends who are still alive. It's amazing. So she's extra blessed because she's got more than five. It's not that you can't have more than five. I have more than five. But within that more than five, still, some are closer than others. You don't need to tell them. You just need to know for yourself who is part of the closest inner circle. 
And then here's another thing. And so you check that off. And then who, who is right for a particular moment? You know, one of my friends who spoke at my party, a wonderful woman, Beth Ann Hardison, said something that was very meaningful to me and to her, that, uh, you know, we've been at many events together with a, a lot of, um, what, what are they, bold-faced names, a lot of people of whatever import. And she certainly is one of those people. She's a legend in the world of fashion and fashion activism. And she said that she realized at a certain point that even though she's out and about and in the world in this way, that sometimes she, that maybe she's a little bit shy and she didn't realize it. Sometimes uncomfortable in these big crowds. And she said that when she would see me, when she sees me, she often will make her way over to me because it helps her to feel calm and safe. What a beautiful thing to say. And I, we've had this experience, we've had many experiences, but we've had that experience many times over the years. So we had that. Our inner circle, she and I, what she and I have is based on these wonderful moments that are so close. They are God to God connections in a particular way. And also for me, whenever I need that voice of wisdom about anything, when I call her, she's going to tell me the truth in a way that I can hear and receive. So she has a very special place. And there are other people who have very special places within that space of close to the heart. So I'm saying to you, look at your life, look at the people you love, the people you surround yourself with, and determine who gets to fill a particular space and who doesn't. As you practice keeping good company, be conscious and intentional about who you allow in and how far in. It's a practice of self-love and self-preservation and preservation and love for others. For you to understand yourself, know thyself. You got it, y'all? I hope so. I'm so happy to be with you. Thank you for taking the time to commune with me and with each other in this way. Please feel free to share this broadcast with others. It is now available as a podcast everywhere. And if you would like, if you give me your email, you can write it uh, here. You can write it on in this chat room. You can write it on Facebook. Let me know how to reach you because soon I'm going to start up some Dream Leapers engagements where we'll have class, we'll, I do one-on-ones too, but where we will come together in groups to explore our dreams and plot a course toward the future. And if you're interested, please share your email and we will be in touch with you when we get to that point. I thank you, thank you, thank you for being with me. I offer you all the love that you can receive. I hope you feel that love. And as we are looking at a whole year of being, living with COVID, just know that there are blessings in everything. I consider this engagement a blessing. 
I hope you do too. And may we continue to bless each other. Until next time, have a great day and make it count. Namaste.